0: Episode 19, In the Bag, Billy, Big Daddy, Adam Sandler film, and Kids That Won't Sleep. I loved your tips this week. Uh, gave people a good range to how they improve getting their kids to sleep. What else are they going to learn?
1: Well, they'll learn that um, Dr. Nick has got a fair bit of tips <laughs> under his sleeve as well.
0: I did nearly try and take over the episode this week with a few tips. No, it was
1: beautiful. It was very well guided and... Um yeah, big topic. So hopefully lots of really helpful stuff um, for families to get a good base knowledge about what we do in clinic with these kids. And then we want to be really challenged. But um, I'm, I think there's a lot of helpful stuff there and a lot of honesty about kind of what's going on with you and the things that you found helpful and really making sure that I'm, I'm being practical. Yep, it
0: was great. And what we expect is that we're going to extend uh, the second part episode, so we want to take on heaps of questions from the audience next week, and Billy's going to address them in our reflective piece. But uh, dig into this week and uh, get, your, get your notepads ready for a few questions for Billy. Enjoy.
1: Hi, I'm Billy, a developmental paediatrician. And I'm Nick, a developing parent. We're going to use scenes from iconic movies to talk about how we best support our kids. This is Pop Culture Parenting.
0: Hey! Don't let your mother smell that beer on your breath. She'll take it out on me.
1: I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. I don't want to see anybody else either.
0: Who is your daddy, and what does he do?
1: Just use your best judgment. We trust you.
0: Good evening, Billy. How are you?
1: Good evening, Nick. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, I'm excited, it's a night shoot. Night shoot, uh, yes, rare. we've been a bit busy, so um, weekend wasn't an option, so it, Monday night. It is rare air, you and I are getting the uh, the night shoot. Yes. Feel like
0: feel like it's the uh, primetime TV slot for the Friday night footy, <laughs> and we got it. <laughs> Except it's a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great day.
1: No, no, but uh, we both come in energy, and uh, energy loaded and happy to talk, so... Always happy to talk, probably you more than most, Billy, which is fantastic, which is why we love you. Loves a chat. Yes, yes. Speaking of um, talking, actually, just to start us off before we get into the deep topic, two apologies Okay. since the last topic. Yes. First one, a listener, who I also should qualify as my friend, said that I was mispronouncing Wacken Phoenix's name (laughs) for the entire two episodes. What were you saying? Well, I was saying with a J, if I'm being honest. Joaquin. 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 I think I was saying,
0: but it's Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I knew that. Mm. Didn't know that.
1: I think we were calling him Leaf, weren't we? Leaf, yes. Leaf was his um parenthood dates. Yes. Yeah. But Joaquin. So stand corrected. So And the other apology of all the other things that we mispronounced as well. So But that guy's given us a lot of valuable feedback, so Ah, not a criticism, but um, you know who it is. I know who it is. And second apology, I, as always, stole the limelight and forgot to mention that you actually had a bit of starstruck fandom with one of the stars of Stand By Me. (gasps) Yes, we forgot about that.
0: So, (laughs) this is true. I did go to a Corey Feldman appreciation night at one stage <laughs> and I got to meet the man. Yes. Wow. It was a decade ago. It was interesting. Um, he's a character. Yeah? yeah. He's a character. I mean, such a fan of his work. And I really mean that when I say it. Like, there were films growing up that were so huge, like uh, Goonies, obviously Stand By Me. Um, yeah. He was tremendous. He really Have you got was. a favorite
1: Corey Feldman movie? I do. Oh,
0: no, I don't. There's there is quite a few. I wouldn't, Mm. it's down to a couple. Yeah, Lost Boys in the couple. Uh, Lost Boys isn't in the couple. Okay, Kiefer, though, amazing in that. Kiefer,
1: also in Stand By Me, Diane Weiss, Bad Boy, Parenthood, absolute bad boy. Um, both those films, probably the best anyone out there who does know the Lost Boys. One of the best musicians playing an instrument in a movie is this guy on a saxophone playing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just back when you get away with just going, throw that guy in a ponytail, <laughs> no T-shirt on, lots oh, of oil. Yeah, eighty saxophone. <laughs> that really and he, he looks amazing. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah.
0: eighty sax, I, when I think of 80s sax and we haven't used it enough, it is in our intro. Mm. I just think about So much of Lethal Weapon 1 Just like white silk sheets and curtains And like a lot of bodies
1: Every time something bad happens The sex comes in Every time there's a bit of romance The sex comes in It's (laughs) confusing (laughs) Another movie we'll have to do But anyway, sorry I just wanted to make those two apologies
0: No no dramas No, look um, Corey was cool when I met him I got a photo with him It's a Mm, bad, horrible photo Yeah, Yeah,
1: You look great I do look good Mm. I look youthful Yeah But, yeah, Corey looks a bit like a vampire, actually.
0: Yeah, Corey's sort of wearing the sunnies and stuff. Like, yeah, Mm. he just has that vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But Child Star, what a legend. Loved him. Yeah. This week, Billy, Mm. we're back to Adam Sandler town.
1: Yes, unintentionally. Like, I had to – we kind of knew what the topic was going to be because it's been getting a lot of requests. Yeah. Light topic but kind of heavy. Um, But, yeah, I had to find a movie that had a scene – essentially that matched it. And unfortunately, we're back to Adam Sandler sooner than we planned.
0: No, no it's Adam Sandler, great. Adam Sandler. So, we've got big daddy and kids that won't sleep. Mm. I don't know many kids
1: that do sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But don't worry. We've got a lot to talk about because it's a lot of what I do in clinic and um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff out there that's not helpful about sleep, and um, there is some good evidence about the stuff that is helpful. Ah, so we'll get into it. Oh, so, that is,
0: there's the promo right there, Billy.
1: Yeah, but I, and also, it's going to be probably the hardest one for me because you'll be able to um, really test me on this stuff because mm. it's, yeah, you're deep in the trenches, with sleep
0: got about 1,500 days experience over here <laughs> of sleeping, non-sleeping. Actually, four, day, uh, four years of experience, precisely. Uh, my daughter turned four yesterday, which is exciting. Speaking um, of which, maybe a Winslow? Uh, yes, well, you've, yes, you've, you've stolen the Winslow right out of my mouth. But There's a little bit more to it, but here is Carl Winslow. I
1: don't object to fun. I love fun. In fact, I'm the grand funk master of fun. <laughs>
0: There's Carl. My Winslow was, was the birthday. So the birthday in itself was great. Um, hadn't had one really before, like two years of you know, lockdown, blah, blah, blah. I don't like talking about that. But two years of lockdown. I went big in a couple of ways, but most importantly, I went big with the purchase of matching, matching outfits for both my daughters. (laughs) Started off as a technical um, uh, Clark W. Griswold because it didn't make it out on the actual party day. But the next day on her actual birthday, uh, my little daughter donned the overalls and my four-year-old donned the overalls and Dad was snapping photos left, right and centre. And was
1: I happy. I bet the pancake parlour crowd were loving it.
0: Pancake Parlor crowd, we're absolutely into it. Yes, we did spend Mother's Day there, Billy. We do go bit. The, the other the other PCP in my life, <laughs> pop culture parenting and Pancake Parlor. Yes, yeah. Um, and just seeing the girls um, in the overalls. Just first time full matching outfits. I don't know what it was. I, we'd never done it. No, I, God, I wanted to do it and
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not looking back.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah, that's great. No, we steal a lot of your clothes and guys have got much <laughs> more style than Annalise yeah. and I do. But um, but yeah, what a day as well. I think I'm going to jump and steal your uh, Winslow as well because it was the same. We kind of had a joint birthday where we had your daughter's fourth birthday in the morning and my daughter's first birthday in the afternoon. It was just heaps of fun. Yeah, it was good. Have you got any Griswolds this week? Yeah, I do actually and I have to, um, I should hit it, it's this one? Yeah, it's that's the one.
0: Hey, don't let your mother smell that beer in your breath. She'll take it out on me.
1: It's interesting because Annalise, my partner, often has to listen to the episodes before we put it out on the air just to make sure there's nothing that uh, needs to be edited. Somehow we still haven't edited any of it <laughs> <laughs> 19 episodes in. Kind. But, um, yeah, and she really interestingly said to me, look, Como's really doing well with the Griswolds. I'm Como, by the way. Sorry, yes. And Nick. <laughs> He's doing really well with the Griswolds, but you've got to be a bit more honest. And I was like, wow. I okay, you've been uber honest. Yes. Go. Well, yeah. She's just like, you know, be a bit more honest on there. And yeah. And so mine, I've been thinking about this and I, um, so Evie's birthday was about three or four days ago and had this classic moment where I was like, cool, this is the first time she's opened up a present and it's mm. from her grandparents. So I'll, um, I'll film it. And, you know, sit her down and she's in this beautiful outfit and you you probably know where this is going. Um, So sat it down. I felt a bit guilty because I was like, I shouldn't be filming this. I should just be enjoying it. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I get that vibe as well. Honestly, I do the same thing. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, I should be in it. I shouldn't be recording it and all that stuff. But I'm like, I justified it because I'm like, I can then send it to them. And say she really loved the present. So I'm doing the whole thing, like half paying attention to that, half paying the. Playing the phone and I've got this, like I'm narrating it and everything. And I'm like, this is amazing. And she's lighting up at the right times and getting excited. Oh, hitting all the cues. Go. Yeah. Look down and hasn't recorded a second of it because my phone's memory was full. Which is usually because the podcast videos are so <laughs> goddamn big. wish film us once a week for 45 minutes to an hour um, in higher definition. Higher <laughs> definition than's required. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and... Yeah, I got really annoyed. I was just like, oh, man. And I was like really frustrated and annoyed and had to like walk away because I was just like, I can't believe I didn't enjoy it and I didn't capture it, you know, whatever. And then I started beating myself up about it and I was like, this is her birthday, she's opening a present, you're being an idiot, and then cooled down. But I was just like, yeah, I just had a massively long day. I was just trying to get time with her. It was the first time I'd got to spend any time with her on her birthday Felt guilty filming it, and then even stuffed that up. So, being able to reflect on it, nice. being pretty
0: hard on yourself. You had best intentions, didn't come off, and you were still there for the moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's just that thing though of like she's she, you know, she's one. She would been picking up a bit of like he's annoyed, you know, and just being like, oh god. Which I've <laughs> got to practice what I preach, which is that it's all about the recovery. It's not about never showing emotions to kids. But it was just one of those things that I was like, oh.
0: Well, in being honest, I did tell you I didn't have a Griswold this week. <laughs> okay. and it would be the first episode in 20 where, or 19 that I didn't have one. There was one late on Saturday evening, actually.
1: Okay. And this is after we'd been together for yeah almost 12 consecutive hours. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, back-to-back <laughs> birthdays. Well, I think I've already told you my Griswold. We got home and we were putting... Like, we did, really enjoyed the day. We'd been at our house and had some some kids over, like, you know, eight kids or whatever. Piñata face painting. Piñata face painting, right? And then we took the show on the road to your house some hours later and we are enjoying ourselves. So we got dinner. It got late and we had to take the girls home. We may have arrived home two hours past their bedtime on a really big day filled with sugar and cake. And not everyone was at their best. And we were told by my oldest daughter that we're not at our best and said, <laughs> Why didn't you leave earlier? Um, this other mum's kids le- this other mum left earlier with their kids. That's not good. We should have been home earlier, all through tears mm. while being put to sleep. And we I was like, oh, like felt bad like i can see the humor in it i'm not gonna lie like i can see the humor but i was also like oh like that was the end of her birthday she was just in tears because it was such a big emotional day Mm. like face painters and pinatas and then other parties anyway
1: it's so funny though isn't it like and totally and you know your daughter probably was just completely overwhelmed from like huge day 12 hours of buzzing (laughs) but yeah it's a different generation though isn't it because just all that effort you went to god the amount of time I spent playing in the RSL car park <laughs> while my mum and all of her friends, or the Pint and Pickle, the Irish pub in Frankston. So yeah, it's just different times, but it's, um, yeah, that's tough, isn't it? I remember you telling me that quote yeah. about, yeah, you know, she's she's done better to her kids because she took them home when they were tired. And
0: yeah. So I copped that, but um, tried to do too much, got pretty excited though. First time having a real birthday and it meant a lot. Because as I told you, it was ten weeks of countdown at least. Yeah. Every day. How many days? How many days? And I really mean it mm. many times a day. How many days? When's my birthday? After Easter. It's after this. How many days after Easter? It was
1: constant. It was so, a bit of a roller coaster that week leading in, wasn't it? Huge, yeah. Yeah. She was she was up and down
0: all week. I think um it all started <coughs> to dawn that she was having a party and there was gonna be a face painter and all that sort of stuff. But if make it. I make it sound like it was one of those parties that was on Billy Madison with his like water slides <laughs> yeah. and jet skis.
1: Jet skis in the fountain. It, it
0: was. It was eight kids. <laughs> <laughs> and one face paint.
1: It day. was still good though.
0: It was good. No, we loved it. So heaps of fun.
1: But yeah. that's um, that's been my week. But anyway, <laughs> yeah.
0: Enough about my, my Griswolds. No,
1: no, it's great. And um, yeah, so let's. Uh, we're starting to get a bit competitive with the movie trivia, so I'm really <laughs> excited to hear your thoughts on Big Daddy and what you've got for me, because we've already talked about Sandler and his career.
0: Can you tell me any other actors that have also appeared
1: in Sandler films that were in this film? Well, yes, my bit of trivia is that he, actually, his wife is in this movie. Oh. Gotcha. With that one, I thought you were going to say, because she actually, her and his kids appear in a lot of his films. Do you know who his wife is in this movie? His first girlfriend that ends up working at Hooters? No, but good (sighs) guess. No, the bartender. The bartender? Yeah, that comes over and- Gives him the soda. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that became his wife.
0: There was something about that. Mm. There was something about that. They gave, yes. Yeah. know that? Tall, dark hair, white top. Yep. Yeah, and for something, I was like, "Oh, she got some attention." Like the shot.
1: Mm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was like a bigger. There was more attention to that role than you would think. Someone just serving them drinks. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because they
0: had a back and forth, and I thought it was weird. I was like, "It's weird."
1: Yeah, so that's Adam Sandler's wife, and his character's name is Sonny. Yes, that was what he called his first child, (gasps) and one of his kids is in the scene at the
0: prep. Yeah, is that right?
1: No, I don't know. No, I don't think so her. because he just met his wife, so no. But there was other oh, Sandlers. Right. I think he put like family into it because there's other Sandlers in it. But yeah, that was where he met his wife. So yeah, really good. But no, who – I'm trying to think. Who the, else is – The teacher um, from Billy Madison, oh, the principal. Yes, becomes the, the social the worker. worker. Yeah, yep. yep. D- completely different role in this movie. And Waterboy,
0: know, who's in takeaway water- guy in this Ah, yes, of course, sorry. He's also in Waterboy. Yep. Uh, there's more as well, actually. Mm. This is my strongest trivia, but there's heaps of people that were in that, that were
1: in subsequent Adam Sandler films. Um,
0: Yeah, it must just be, I don't know, maybe they're part of his SNL crew that he sort of came I and, think they were, yeah, yeah. It's
1: obviously Farley and um, Buscemi and those guys. Yeah, um, yeah, Buscemi, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, McDonald's. Which is, I don't
0: think Steve Buscemi is a comedic actor anymore. No,
1: no. At all. No, but yeah, he often was, like, yeah. yeah clearly. Yeah, what time's McDonald's open? Yeah, breakfast or whatever. What time is breakfast finished? All right, no. be a bit more All serious right. trivia. Okay, watch um. There's two kind of old classic movies that have to do with this movie. I'll give you a clue. Gene Wilder, Willy Wonk. Oh no, Jim
0: Oh no, Willy Wonk. Yeah,
1: Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is what they're watching. And Julian, the kid in it, gets called Frankenstein. Oh, That's his on. nickname. Gene Wilder, amazing. Willy Wonka, yep. It's probably got the best title of an autobiography of any that I've heard of. It's um, called on. Kiss Me Like a Stranger. So, yeah, Gene Wilder, which hopefully we'll do Willy Wonka because that's a great movie and we we'll talk more about Gene. You could do the- five kids in that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah this we actually thought about one of those scenes for one of our movies. Mm. Uh, one of our talks with pick Pickett. The other one is um, this is actually this movie Big Daddy is actually based on a 1921 movie by Charlie Chaplin called The Kid. Wow. So yeah, I didn't know that until doing some research. So and it's in, in it, Chaplin's like a poor. He's not actually homeless. He's got a place, but. This um, woman has a child and leaves the child uh, – well, doesn't – actually tries to set it up but anyway ends up with Charlie Chaplin and Charlie Chaplin like tries to ditch the kid but ends up, you know, can not not being able to get rid of this little boy and then obviously falls madly in love with this boy and doesn't want to give him up. And, and a silent and, film. yes, yeah, silent film and it's actually a really good movie. So we watched it the other night and um, Annalise knew what topic we were doing and I put it on and I said, do you know why we're watching this? And she's never watched a Charlie Chaplin silent movie – And she's like, "Is it because the topic sleep and you want me to sleep?" I was like, "No, it's because yeah, it's based on it. And it's actually really good. We both had a good chuckle, and it gets a bit emotional." Um, then movies back then weren't very long, so I think it's just over an hour. You anyone want to check it out? Check it out. It's it's quite good. Um, yeah, and then I guess there's a bit of parenting through this whole movie as well. So we're going to talk about a single scene, but. I don't know if you remember watching this as a teenager, but I watched it and you're kind of like, oh, this guy would be an awesome dad because he's like, (laughs) lives in this apartment and he just puts newspaper down over everything and he's heaps of fun. And yeah, I love like this and the movie Big just on apartments
0: in New York. You're like, you go, these are the biggest apartments in New York you've ever seen. They're like, oh, we're really just struggling to make it. (laughs) I'm like, this apartment.
1: Well, yeah, often these movies set expectations about what oh, our adult life would be like God. in the same way that like Father the Bride and Parenthood, they live in these big houses <laughs> and they're single-income parents. And you're just like, how do you live in this mansion with oh. a basketball court in the backyard and a pool? And
0: Any John Hughes film. Yeah, it? they all did that, didn't <laughs> oh, yeah. they? They
1: were just huge. But, yeah. yeah, and I think there's also this bit about how there's some really awesome things that um, – sonny adam sandler's character does with julian the little boy Mm -hmm. that it's just i could have picked it for other topics for example you know he can't pee so he supports him Mm -hmm. can't have a bath so he dresses up as scuba Scuba steve Steve. Steve. we're going to talk about some sleep stuff but even when he's nervous he creates the invisible glasses idea you know and says you know people can't see you yeah and he gives him these kind of protective things and there's like a lot of things and then there's some full-on stuff that he does You know, and putting newspaper down over everything is probably not a good plan either. But um, but yeah, I just thought it's it's still a good movie for some of the stuff that it does around kind of yeah, wear what you want. He just kind of gives this kid a lot of freedom, and says you know, there's one quote where he's like, he'll make he'll make the right choices. The problem is he's five. Yeah. And did you know? Yeah, that actor was two kids, twins, identical twins that played Julian. Okay, that makes sense because. Growing up, I always thought you needed, if the
0: kids were under a certain age, you needed twins or something. That's kind of what I had in my head.
1: Yeah, maybe because of the hours or something. But yeah. yeah, and I thought, he's such a gorgeous kid, isn't he? Oh, oh. Delightful. Yeah, he does really well. Cute. But. So tell us this topic today. Mm. Yeah. Let's get, So we've
0: got, obviously, Big Daddy and kids that won't sleep. Yeah, yeah. What's a kid that won't sleep?
1: Well, there's a lot of them. So a kid that won't sleep. Oh. What we're going to talk about today is childhood insomnia. Childhood really, insomnia? Yeah, yeah. So it's God. really important. I know it sounds full on, but Does. all it really means is a kid who struggles to fall asleep or stay asleep. Huh. That's it. Can now, you have now, adult? Oh, you can have yes, adult definitely, <laughs> definitely. But no, 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 it's a good point because it is different uh-huh. um, because of a couple of reasons which we'll get into. Sure. But it's really common. So all we're going to talk about is childhood insomnia today yeah. and people can send in questions for the next episode about like snoring or yep. nightmares or night terrors, night terrors. or- had that happy to talk about all that stuff we're going to run out of time if we put it in this one so I'm sure. just going to talk about falling asleep and staying asleep but it's really common so this is about 30 40 percent of kids really common in kids kind of preschool age, early primary school but we know a lot of adolescents really don't get enough sleep. We also know once you kind of enter a group of kids that have kind of neurodevelopmental concerns like ADHD or autism, mm. about eighty percent of them have childhood insomnia okay. So really, really, really common, yeah, how do you classify is it a kid that can't get to sleep within half an hour of being put down like what's like so this is the problem, so much of it's subjective, and right. do we go off what parents are doing do we, you know because some parents will say my kid's got sleep problems when they're actually sleeping enough, some parents say my kid sleeps enough when they don't yep I think that technically it's you know not getting enough sleep three nights a week for three months puts you into like you know um persistent childhood insomnia gotcha but we'll talk about kind of how much sleep kids need but there's kind of two really big parts to sleep there's mm-hmm. kind of getting enough hours and then there's, there's enough quality okay does that make sense so it's not just getting enough hours and when we talk about hours of sleep we don't mean hours in bed we mean hours of sleep blocks consistent yeah. blocks so it's not i put you in a bed at nine that's when the sleep starts as i put you in bed at nine you take an hour to fall asleep, so your sleep starts at 10. Mm. You wake up at 6, that's 8 hours sleep. Gotcha. The problem is heaps of kids wake up through the night and have really poor quality sleep. And without getting too much into the science of it, you need to spend solid blocks of time asleep to get into the really restorative deep sleep that's really good for brain development, really good for memory, really good for all the stuff. Gotcha. And heaps of kids aren't getting that. Okay. To the point where I sit in a couple of clinics that, People come and see me about sleep stuff. The reason I'm there is because I catch a lot of kids who people think have ADHD and things like that because if you don't sleep, you look like you have ADHD. You can't concentrate. You're really hyperactive. Yep. You're also more likely to have kind of behavioural problems, memory problems.
0: Sure. Billy, kids that don't sleep, this is your bread and butter.
1: Is that right? Well, yeah. So in clinic it often gets called the low-hanging fruit, and I think that's Can't. really unfair. The reason people call it that, like light hanging fruit means, you know, easy to get to, easy to grab it and get something out of it. It's actually really hard to do sleep stuff, as you know, like really, really hard. You you often tell me stories about driving around for two hours in the night, you know. Constantly. You know Melbourne's roads that don't have traffic I know, lights.
0: I categorically do. I'm not kidding. I mm. know where to go. So you can We're keep about to stop. moving. Yep. I know the twenty four hour mattresses yeah, are. Uh, yep. I know everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's because you you know have experienced a lot of sleep problems, and so it's really really common. It's really common as well to have a sleep problem as a sign that something's not going well in a child's life, mm-hmm. and that's why in clinical classification of kids with anxiety and depression, problems with sleep is part of it you know, excessive sleepiness, can't fall asleep, wake up through the night and can't get back to sleep, those can sometimes be symptoms of anxiety and depression. But most kids, it is childhood insomnia that they have the problem with. Yes. And that's what we're going to kind of go into detail about, about how do we support those kids because it has a huge impact on lifelong kind of mental health. Mm. Like even stuff like we know that kids who don't get enough sleep are not going to perform academically as well. They'll struggle socially. It's linked with childhood obesity and later adult life obesity because it's to, you don't get me- proper me- metabolic processes going through. What we're going to try and do with this episode and the follow-up is give stuff to listeners to help their kids learn the skill of falling asleep and staying asleep. It's a skill. And it is a skill. It can be learnt. Yeah, and it, a lot of people, including adults, have not developed that skill well, including me.
0: I'm not kidding. Can I – I'm terrible. Can I learn stuff from this? Is it going to be applicable to adults? Just yeah, years? definitely.
1: Definitely, yeah. Okay. It will. I, I think a lot of the stuff is targeted towards kids and us as parents supporting them, but you'll see when we get into some of the stuff that you go, yeah, cool, I'm pretty hopeless at that. Because so am I, I'll be honest about it. I, Whenever I talk about sleep, especially sleep hygiene stuff, I'm a massive hypocrite because it's really hard to do this stuff. When I need to do it, though, I'm able to do it because mm-hmm. I've seen the payoffs of it. But it's a bit like exercise. You've got to put in effort before you see the payoff. But once you've kind of felt that payoff, even if you slip back, you can kind of go, nah, I need, I need to sort this out. So we're going to talk about kind of how we develop those skills. A bit more of the stuff that's a bit drier is kind of what what's going on with sleep. And probably people realise one of the big, there's two big drives of sleep and people probably know the circadian rhythm stuff, like yep. you might have heard about that. You see daylight in the morning, your melatonin level drops, you stay alert, you actually get a blip in the middle of the day and then you're alert later in the day and as it gets dark you come down. And It's a kind of 24-hour cycle. The important bit with circadian rhythm is it's not your only driver and it doesn't matter how long ago you've slept or how long it's been since you slept or anything like that has no influence on those triggers for sleep. What does have an influence is what the other big driver of sleep, which is your sleep debt. So the longer you stay awake, the more debt you accumulate that you owe sleep. And then if you sleep well, you kind of clear the balance and you get the amount of hours that you need of quality sleep and then the debt is gone. And that's why it's actually quite hard to keep sleeping after you've had a good night's sleep because your body's going, I don't have that drive anymore. What happens with a lot of people, especially adults with insomnia, is they're not matched. So their sleep debt hits them in the middle of the day and they go it's 2 p.m i have to sleep my debt's so high and then they're not linking with the rhythm the circadian rhythm and they get in these really bad patterns and what we've got to try and do is find the right patterns for sleep debt and the circadian rhythm for kids so that we key them up so that they are going down at the right time and then staying down and getting rid of that debt that they owe how do you set that up for a kid is it is it a setup thing Massive setup thing, massive setup thing. Before, just before we get to kind of how you set it up, the final thing is like the easy bit is making sure kids get enough sleep. So we know the sleep requirement is highest in infants, and infants typically need 12 to 16 hours of sleep. Total. You, you know that. Yep. Total. First year of life, that's kind of total sleep. Yep. And they'll often have two sleeps during the day. <laughs> yep. They can do heaps of different stuff. Some kids that we see in clinic won't sleep well. In the middle of the day, that's totally fine. And what happens after about two months of age, mm-hmm. kids aren't born with a circadian rhythm. After the first couple of months, circadian rhythm starts kicking in. And kids start pushing their sleep to just overnight. Most kids still sleep a couple of times in their first year of life, mm-hmm. but often after a year they start dropping usually the first nap and then the second one. Do
0: they drop the morning one
1: first or the Arvo typically? one first? Typically, but some kids, some kids will never do those naps well. I can call them like catnappers. They never have a proper... Catnap in the morning. Yeah, yep. they never do another, another one. Yep. Then when we think about kind of a kid one year to say five, like before primary school, we know they drop by a couple of hours how much they need, so 12 to 14 hours. And then when we think about primary school, it's nine to 12 hours. And then when you get to high school, nine to 10. And heaps of those kids in high school, they're not getting enough sleep. And we've talked before about one of the reasons that teenagers don't get enough is because they get a phase delay in their sleep triggers, which pushes them back a couple of hours. And there's big groups of kind of advocacy that are going on about kids in high school shouldn't be asked to get up as early as they are for school. Gotcha. Because they can't get that nine to ten hours. So that's the kind of – we'll put this up on our text around some of the stuff we put, but people don't realise that's how much sleep you need. You know, you hear about those guys who are like – You know, they do these amazing things with their life and they only sleep like two hours a night and all that stuff. There's good data that's a genetic mutation. And guess how common it is? Don't know. It's about one in four million people. So,
0: Yeah. You hear about (laughs) these guys that sleep four hours.
1: Yeah, and they're fine. That's ridiculous. It's a genetic thing. And people who are like saying if you just do this breathing exercise or if you just, you know... (laughs) unlock your potential you'll be able to do this it's a genetic thing that 99.9% of us don't have including me so yeah that's kind of the not the boring stuff but that's like the textbook stuff out of the way because it's important to have that there we'll put it in our show notes but what you actually asked is how do we set kids up yeah to learn this skill well
0: and what age
1: are we setting them up from Really good question. That um, So I work in a clinic that focuses just on unsettled babies and we see babies under six months and we can't expect especially in the first four months for kids to learn how to sleep independently. Some kids will naturally but we don't try any of these strategies with any pressure in especially the first four months of life because these kids just they don't have what's called object permanence which is what that means mm-hmm. is they don't know someone exists unless they're in front of them. So we don't like stressing kids, little babies, if they, if they go, I can't see dad, dad, dad's not in the world anymore. And do you know how we know when kids develop that? Do you show it's them smart. something? No, you show them something they like and then you drop it and they look for it. Oh. So and that's when they develop object, object permanence because they go, that ball still exists, that teddy still exists. And that's where they know it's still in the world even though they can't see it. It's a really cool thing. It's like oh. all these we should do some stuff like just on developmental little tricks you can do to see when kids have learned stuff.
0: So you're saying, sorry, just on that <coughs> kid leaves, you leave kids' sight, they think you're gone forever.
1: Yeah, well, especially if they're stressed because your comfort yeah. is so much built into their attachment with you and their safety and security. So, you know, that's why some of the strategies we're going to talk about. Okay. Um really test that. But yeah, so from six months of age, you can really start, for kids that are struggling, you can start building their skills. Now, this is probably one of the areas of paediatrics that is most fraught with, this is the one way to teach kids how to sleep. <laughs> so, controlled crying is how kids sleep. This approach is how you get kids to sleep. I've been doing this for a little bit. I've, I've never found the one way. Because I think it's a bit silly and the evidence shows us in all of the studies that have proven effectiveness, pretty much all of them, it's more than one thing that you do and <laughs> you're always led by the kid. Oh,
0: it's, it's like
1: picking a lock. Yeah, It is that hard. Like it's
0: stepping heavier on your right foot than your left. Mm. Like I had ones where I had to stamp on my heels to get them to sleep. Yeah, like, And I mean like stamp on the heels. I'd tell my mates to get your shoes off, hardwood floor, let's go. And they're like, what?
1: You know what a lot of the theory is around that stuff? Because you just, I wasn't even thinking I about do. about it. I Go do, I do. Give it
0: to me. They're used to being in the womb Yeah, the thudding awesome. of
1: mum walking around. So what else is like that? Heartbeats. Yeah. How do you replicate that? Stamping your feet. Yep, tapping them. Tapping them, Yeah. Shushing. That's why, yeah. Sound of the blood. Yep. Shushing them.
0: Shushing them's the sound of
1: the blood. Yeah, it's one of the things they say. They're so that's why they hear so much shushing in the womb.
0: I love seeing the like the new dads at the fish and chip shop picking up dinner, and they're just rocking side <laughs> there's to nothing side. In nothing arms. in their arms. Nothing
1: in their arms. there's a new dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "What? <laughs> <yeah. laughs> it's the same yeah. wrapping them tightly. Oh, yes, yeah, that's why we in. say wrapping like tightly. Mm, yeah, yeah. And a lot of kids will persist with that stuff. So all your stuff you're talking about is classic baby stuff. But yeah. a lot of kids, like when even when they're older than a year. A lot of those strategies are the things that help. Okay, just on one, we've jumped to six months,
0: which Mm. is when you can start skilling them up.
1: So when they're developmentally ready, developmentally ready, cool. They're six months today. Let's go.
0: No, my point is, can is (laughs) I'm going to put you in a spot here. Go for it. Can you write off? Can you just be like, you're not going to say this, but like, do you just have to deal with the first six months with what you're given? You can shape it. You can shape
1: it, but Mm. you wouldn't be going to sleep school yet. Oh, you can. Camp. The first two months, for a lot of families, <laughs> including me and Annalise, you just survive. Yeah, okay. So, no one talks about how hard it is in the first two months. Everyone's like, it's the best thing that's ever happened. Especially when you've got no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been doing this for a long time and I had no idea. So, I you think we've joked t- before about how the first night that Evie came home, I was like, I've got this. <laughs> this Sleeps is my niche. <laughs> And I did not have it. You did <laughs> you not <know>? have it. <laughs> Sorry. She'll tell you when you got it. And it's quite funny because Annalise has actually taught Yvette the skill of sleep and Yvette sleeps beautifully, probably partially because she's picked up a lot of Annalise's genetics around sleep. But also Annalise has taught her really well how to sleep. Yeah. It was up to me I'm all over the place. Yeah. And you've got a beautiful story about this actually. What have I got? Remember that one you tell about how your grandma was over? And you were
0: like, oh, grandmother intervention, <laughs> step yeah. one, there's been three. Yeah. Grandmother's intervention, I've got a good one for this. The settling of the child, we were home day three, we hadn't slept for 36 hours, no one, like mum, child, me. I'd probably got a couple of hours in. <laughs> 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 uh, and we were like, oh, she just won't settle, she just won't settle. She goes, show me what you do. We put her down in the cot, we walked out and then sure enough, Two minutes later she starts murmuring and the murmuring gets louder and I'm like, told you, I went to leave the kitchen, grandmother stood in the doorway with both hands and she was just like, that's not a cry. And I was like, what? She goes, that's not a cry. Mm. And I was like, yes. she goes, that doesn't count. And I was like, oh.
1: sure enough, five minutes later, um, out yeah. like a light for like three hours. And I was like, oh, so you learn what a cry is. Totally, and we also were talk in clinic about um, the difference between them being frustrated mm. and scared. So you always cool. go to scared. Mm. But if it's just frustrated, like, you know, that you can give them a little bit of a stretch, but you don't stretch them when they're scared mm. and trying to pick up which one it is. Um, and it's quite funny you talking about this because it just reminded me. When we got a vest, Annalise was like, she's sleeping in our room in the cot. Like, <laughs> I can't have her in a separate room. We won't be able to, you know, I've got to know where she is the whole time. That lasted one single night. And then she was like, cool, she can go in her own room.
0: Yep. snuffle pig. Oh, yeah,
1: just on edge. But there's a big, you remind me as well, there's a big cultural component of sleep. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast, we see heaps of kids in clinic that are co-sleeping. Mm. Always ask the first thing is, do you care? Do you care? They don't care. There's no nothing wrong with it. Yeah, so we've got to be careful saying like, "Oh, you shouldn't have your two-year-old in the bed with you. Actually, if the family's doing that, you know, and a lot of cultures, that's what you do. Yeah, you had a friend Southeast Asia that was like, if you told someone that. Yeah, if I said she was a paediatrician sitting in a clinic and she's like, if I said that to families, I'd never see them again. <laughs> I hadn't said anything, but I was like, that's my approach clinically and has been for a long time. If you're co-sleeping, my next question is, you know, is it a problem and a lot of families at least half and will be like, no, we actually love it. It's so when they then go, yeah, actually I haven't slept in like months Yeah, because I'm getting constantly kicked or whatever. But yeah, so that's – what you're talking about is one of the really big bits and maybe we'll talk about this stuff now. I yep. want to talk about sleep hygiene. It's so boring. It can be so boring. I won't make it boring. But there's, it's really important to be clear about what we mean by sleep hygiene because there's lots of kind of stuff that's not evidence-based about it. What you're talking about is the key to learning the skill of how to – fall asleep and stay asleep, which is self-soothing. Mm. Now, I, I'm 39. I don't have that as a good skill. But you learn it as a child. And you, it's not to say I can't learn it now, but you learn it as a child. And what we want to do is we don't expect kids to learn how to self-soothe in any big jumps. We do it really gently. And that's my approach. Some people out there might be like, no, I've used extinction and extinction's fine. What extinction is is you just let them cry. and go, I'm not coming, so figure it out. I don't use that because I think it's too stressful and is the kid actually learning to self-soothe or is he learning no one's coming? Okay. Now, that might be. There'll be people out there that are like, nah, extinction works. And there is some evidence that it does work, but not with the families that I see. So I don't even have to worry about it because I'm just like, no, I'm going to do it gently as a skill. Okay. One of the, you might have heard of graduated extinction. There's, that's what, you you won't have heard of it being called that term, but that's the one where you count down the times you go, cool, I'm going to go in in five minutes. Yep, five, 10, 20. Yeah. So that's graduated extinction. I've done, I've graduated. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not, not with, a course not you with, graduate not from. Not with flying colours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I didn't know you tried that. Um
0: <laughs> Mate, I did everything Tizzy Hall. I did the books. I did everything yeah. there was under the sun. Yeah. I'm a firstborn. Yeah. Everything.
1: So the problem, yeah, once again, graduate extinction. So, what graduate extinction does well, and the same as have you heard of camping out? No. So, camping out is the one where, like, you try and keep the child in their bed, but you can, like, start in the bed with them, and then you're lying on a mattress next to them, and then you kind of move the mattress out of the room, like, meter by meter. So you're in the doorway, you're in the corridor and then like you have this success of Got being back say, in the bed.
0: Don't mind it. Do see the merit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Done crazy. doesn't up. count if it's you on the, on the veranda. <laughs> Can't hear around <laughs> her here. Out here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not camping out. Um, but, but yeah, but what that and graduated extinction really are is a gentler approach to reducing the intensity of how much support you're providing, okay. which is actually what it's about. It's just that you have to use the skills of the kid and the family to pick how you do it because there's some people that are like, no, I'm not timing it, no, I'm not using a mattress on the ground or whatever and you've got to go really slowly. So I see heaps of families that it is two hours driving in the car or it's three hours of rocking after a feed in my arms and if I'm lucky, 20% of the time I can put them down completely asleep and they will sleep for 90 minutes And then they wake up and we have to do it again. And I'm not kidding you. This week alone, it's Monday, I've seen a bunch of families already today in clinic. And last week I saw heaps of families in clinic that are like, we've been doing this for 14 months. We've been doing this for 18 months. And they have not slept more than three hours at a time in, you know, over a year. And it's really common. And what we work together, and I've been lucky enough to see heaps of success learning from these families, is you really gently – Decrease the intensity of support that you're providing and how long you're providing it for. So you don't go from two hours rocking, feed you, you're dead asleep, I put you down, to I put you down awake and then i walk out of there. No kid's going to handle that. Because they've got what's called a sleep association. Yeah. They go, I associate sleep with falling asleep in your arms after a feed and I'm rocked for two hours.
0: Yeah. We used to do falling asleep on the boob, Mm. right? Yeah. And then we stopped and then... We couldn't, and then we were just in a bind, and we fell into that
1: one. Yeah, so ideally, like that's a good one where you just try and find some space between the feed and falling asleep. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. and not falling asleep on. Yeah, and you can give them another association. You say because having a breastfeed is like the strongest form of attachment for a baby. Yeah, and a lot of kids will carry that, and they'll have a bottle feed. Yep, while they, and they'll fall asleep with the bottle. The problem is often how you start the night and enter your first sleep cycle is how you expect to be when you come out of that sleep cycle and alert. And I always say in clinic, if I fall asleep in my bed but I wake up on the kitchen floor, I'm not falling back asleep because I'm like, how did I get here? 100%. Yeah, it's like
0: I fell asleep on the boob,
1: I wake up and the boob's not there. That's an issue. So that's what I need because I've got an association. That's how I sleep. breastfeed to get back to sleep i need to be rocked i need to be in dad's arms i need to be sung to or whatever and so you don't go i'm going to stop doing all those things you just reduce the intensity of Mm -hmm. it and you also the target is that you say cool i don't try it forever once the child has completely lost it i go to plan b which is whatever i need to do the kid's not going to learn that skill and that's it and so that's the really important bit and you also kind of, once kids get old enough to have language around it, you have positive language about them becoming more independent, but you keep moving towards it in a gentle way, or rather 20 steps to the point. And what we're all aiming for is the child either gets put down in the cot or gets into bed or whatever on their own, awake, awake, and falls asleep on their own. It's just that some kids that's 20 steps. Yeah. So that's the really important bit is that, like, be gentle with it. Be gentle in how we approach it. That is your best chance of always taking steps forward. What happens in clinic a lot is families will come and they'll be like, we tried this, it's really awful for four days, we we're all exhausted, and we just went, cool, jump in our bed, we all need some sleep. And the problem is that step backwards, you just lose all the ground you've gained. And So it's how can we do something that's actually going to be achievable over a two-week period, not kind of something we can only do for four nights and then we're done. So it's <clears throat> it's got to be, at the outset, it's got to be achievable for two weeks what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. If it doesn't work in two weeks, we have a look at it and say, what was it? Mm-hmm. it? Often it's like it was too big a stretch or just weren't consistent enough. It's a really important one, like... So, yeah, we'll get back into some of the management stuff, but this is a good point to talk about sleep hygiene because it's something that there's kind of a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of uh, stuff that's probably not that helpful. And um, you talked about it before. A lot of it is routine. So what's the lead-in like? Every family kind of knows this, but this is why often the worst night's sleep that a kid has in a week is Monday night because the routine's gone on the weekend. Sure. 'Cause you're just like you can stay up, we won't do the routine. And the routine stuff is what the routine stuff does is it goes, We read a book, we you know, we have dinner, we read a book, we have bath, we have a bottle, I, you know, sing to you and you fall asleep. When they know the first thing's coming, they know the next four things will happen and then they fall asleep. So they're getting a predictable kind of entry into the start of sleep. Critical- it's much easier then to be like, Cool, you're wide awake, but that's okay. Because we've just done these five things and you know this happens every single time. Yeah, just on that, Mm -hmm. I've got to say,
0: I can't stand some parts of the night. (laughs) This is going to sound really negative, but I do it because I know that they'll go to sleep. I think think sometimes they want to do bath as much as I do, which is just not a lot. And (laughs) yet you do it because it's just got to be done because bath means pyjamas, pyjamas means books, Books means bed. Mm. You can skip. You can skip some of them. And, yeah, weekends, absolutely. It's a few yep. days unbathed, no doubt about it. So this is
1: all really not perfect world stuff we're trying to give people advice about. It's really important that, yeah, you, you're right. It's just that when you kind of find that things are getting worse, you step back and go, yeah, we've got to go back to routine a bit.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah, I'm just saying in support. No. I'm saying, like, that's. I couldn't agree with you more that the routine is everything. Yeah. yeah, and it took me
1: years to figure that out. Yeah, half the time I'm reading the book to myself. Like, <laughs> Evie's playing the other side of the room. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't read the first three pages of Gruffalo anymore without seeing what happens after the snake. <laughs> because it's just, that's when she's gone. And I'm like... <laughs> but that's it, but she knows what's yeah. coming. Yeah, totally, yeah. exactly. And that, that cues her really well. The other bit is being like... And once again, this is hard to do sometimes, but the same time, but not just the same time for bedtime, the same time as wake up. So, and once again, that builds routine, but it also cues in on their circadian rhythms and goes, cool. This is the time we go to bed. This is the time we wake up. And they learn that skill around that clock. Yeah. Go on, you're holding something. Oh, God. Give it to me.
0: I don't want to wake up a screen. <laughs>
1: in the a.m.? The, the a.m. is nah, – no, no. The reason the a.m. is if what you need to – if you if your bedtime is 10 p.m. Sorry, your bedtime is 8 p.m. Yep. And they go till 10 p.m. And you're like, I'll let them sleep in for another two hours because they went to bed two hours late. You're shifting there.
0: Oh, it shifts everything. Don't do that. <clears throat> no. Yeah. No, nah, and the big one is in the like. I don't think anyone's asking for my advice here, but I'm going to give it. No, you're good with it. I cooked it a couple of times recently. Uh, let one of them sleep in the Arvo till three instead of two because I just needed a bit of extra daddy time. Yeah. Far out, do you pay the piper? Yeah. Oh, so why?
1: Why do you reckon oh, that is?
0: Yeah, because I'm missing the routine. Let her sleep too late and the
1: sleep debt. Yeah, she's she, she's paid off she, too much of the sleep debt. She's paid off.
0: She's been yeah. a surplus. Let's <laughs> carry on some credits. <laughs>
1: Yeah, unfortunately it doesn't work like that. No, It's like how people are like, oh, I can just work really hard all week as long as I make up on the weekend. That's not how it works. You pay the price. There's really good evidence that after a few nights of really poor sleep, you get observable cognitive problems. Like it doesn't – it's not just – you can maybe do it one night. You'll still be hopeless the next day. The problem with kids is that they don't kind of go – when the teachers are like, God, you're playing up or you're really, you know, not able to concentrate, they don't look at you and go – yeah, I'm just not sleeping well. You know, they don't know that. They don't know that they feel really tired. And if you and I had a really crummy sleep tonight, we wouldn't be able to concentrate as well. Our mood regulation is not as good, you know. And, yeah, there's heaps of adult stuff we could get into, but I'm going to intentionally stay away from it. Okay. Just caffeine and alcohol and all that stuff. But if people ask questions about it for teenagers and things like that, we can talk to it. The other thing is, and you've spoken about this, Kids shouldn't go to bed hungry. It's a really important thing because that will mess with their drives and their triggers and them learning about that skill. And the other thing is during the day they have to be active and they have to see lots of daylight. And that helps with their circadian rhythm and their sleep debt and all those things because it's really good to them to get into those routines. There's actually not that much solid evidence for kids shouldn't be doing a lot of sport towards close to bedtime and stuff. That doesn't look like it's that solid. But there is solid evidence as well around the environment of the bed and the bedroom. Bedrooms should never be used for time I mean, we've got an episode, just an advertisement, about how to do time out properly.
0: Episode one, <coughs> Yeah, ripping episode.
1: Yeah, how to do time out properly. But just on this topic, it shouldn't be used because they should only have a positive association with the bedroom and it should be only for sleep. So that's what they do in there. And on that, kids should never be in that room Trying to sleep and not sleeping for longer than twenty minutes. Once they hit twenty minutes, they're out. Really? Really? Hang on. Really? Oh, n- what during the day or it just did- no? At night. If you're like bedtime, you go in. Thirty minutes has passed and they're still wide awake. A really good evidence-based approach. I'm just trying to remember. What so it's what called. do you do? You pull them out and you go. You're not ready. They need to associate because what they learn is this is a place I lie for an hour. I do that. I don't know about you. I lie there for hours Mm because I'm just used to it. I'm like, it's cool. I can lie here for hours.
0: I know. I want to fix it. Do you know the one
1: thing I got which shows how particular, because you're a guy that's good at numbers, so this wouldn't work for you. I read somewhere someone was saying one of the strategies is that you do maths while you're trying to sleep. And so it was like my, I'm very bad at maths. My limit is like counting backwards from a thousand in sevens. That actually works for me sometimes because my brain's like, ah, if it's this or sleep, I guess I'll sleep then.
0: Do you want to give you a weird one? <laughs> yeah. I count back from a thousand
1: in the, the this
0: is the weirdest thing, this really tr- particular font that is on houses. I this sharp font. It's really common. If you saw it you'd be like, Oh, that's houses numbers you put in houses. I have to imagine every number in that font. Yeah, really. So I got a thousand, I can I'll show you the font. Yeah. And then I have to do nine nine nine, have to picture it in a colour. Oh yeah. Drops me off.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like a mindfulness approach, but the point of me telling that story is that for you and I those things work. It doesn't mean every kid should be learning how to count backwards in a font that's on houses. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? like So that's a, that works for me and I've tried a thousand different things and it doesn't work all the time. But that's the thing that is most likely to work and I'm struggling to fall asleep. Yep. The other sleep hygiene stuff is the room needs to be dark, quiet and cold. So Cold? What, yeah, the reason not cold, cold, but the no. reason some rooms are too warm because when we enter a certain phase of sleep as we progress through the cycles, our body temperature drops and it has to drop. And if the room's really warm, we struggle to do that. So it's got to be cool so that they need, you know, they need warmth on them. If it's like so hot that they're throwing donors off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then it, they're going to struggle to cycle through that bit. Once again, massive hypocrite, but screens, screens, we've got really good evidence that sitting on a screen because of the blue light and because of the stimulus is not good for telling a brain it's time to calm down and that. Hour. Some of the evidence says two hours should be really calming stuff that they're doing. But the really solid sleep hygiene stuff even says about kids reading in bed. But I think if your kid reads in bed and falls asleep, go for it. Routine, go nuts. I read in bed, Yep. So I I think that's a really, really important stuff. And we'll put stuff out about it. But that's kind of the really important bit. The other bit which I haven't spoken about, because this is just proving there's no one way to do this stuff. Yep. Is there's something called bedtime fading and it's a specific thing we do in clinic that does help a certain group of kids and those are kids that are lying in bed for two hours and then they fall asleep. And they're not doing they're not on screens, they're not anything, they're just like lying there for two hours and there's hundreds of them that I see in clinic. What you do is you keep the kid up until they show you that they're tired, which is probably two hours after you're putting them to bed. Then they develop a positive association with the bed where the bed is where they go and sleep. Gotcha. And then you pull them forward in 15-minute oh. increments. Oh, I love it. Mm. Bedtime fading. I like that. It's one of the good ones.
0: Yeah. Can you fade to about like 5.30 in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking You can, but you'll a have friend? a kid that's
1: up at 3. <laughs> oh. 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 Which, to be honest, you often do anyway. So. <laughs> it's not ideal. <laughs> but, yeah, so what you're trying to do is develop a positive sleep association with... The bed is the place you fall asleep within 20 minutes. Yep. If that doesn't happen, you're out. If it doesn't happen consistently, we go to where you are tired and ready to fall asleep and we get you in a good positive experience with going into the bedroom then and falling asleep and then we pull the time forward. Bedtime fading, we'll put some stuff out about it, but it's, yeah. All this stuff is about, once again, creating positive associations with being in that environment and learning to independently fall asleep self-soothe off to sleep all the money's in the start of the night routine routine start of the night the start of the night it's always good to nail the start of the night and then see how the kids going through the night and the kid getting up we're probably pushing yeah way too long into time I <laughs> just all the time so i won't talk about the kids that get up through the night but we can talk about it in the reflection episode okay because it's really important stuff about how we support them as well easy peasy let's
0: go to big daddy um, do you want to set it up just quickly, same?
1: Yeah, so I think it's his first night there, isn't it? Is it his first <coughs>
0: night? Can't remember if it's his
1: first yeah, night. Yeah, so essentially this kid who you're going to hear has come into this, he's five, he's been taken away, no, he's he's left his mum anyway and he's with this new guy he's never met. He's in his apartment and he's throwing him into a bedroom and I think he's used some fluoro light when the kid's asked for a nightlight from night a nightclub yeah. <laughs> and throwing it in, maybe, um yeah, this, anyway, so he puts in the nightlight because he says, I need that. So um, Sonny, or Adam Sandler's character, puts the nightlight in but then he's like, cool, sort it out. And what we're going to hear is that Julian, the five-year-old, has come to his room awake through the night saying, I can't sleep because he's wet to bed. Now, we're not going to talk about nocturnal neuresis or wetting the bed at night. We'll do a whole other episode on that if people want it. But what we're going to talk about is this child has is struggling to sleep in this environment And you'll hear Adam Sandler. What he does for people, so the clip's on our Instagram, but what he does is he takes the kid back, realises he's wet the bed, puts newspaper down, throws him on top of the newspaper and says, sort it out. So, and I'm just a warning. I'm going to ask you what you would do with this little kid, Julian.
0: You asked me what what I would do to get him to what? Get him back to sleep? Yep.
1: (laughs) All right. So, here's the scene.
0: Hey. Hi.
1: Go back to sleep, all right? Oh, I'm going back to sleep. Nighty-night.
0: I went my bed.
1: No. Oh, God. That's a shitload of piss.
0: there you go all right no more wetness sleep all right just
1: got to sleep stay asleep
0: Sit still Lee
1: All right, I'm up (laughs) Eurythmics, sweet dreams.
0: I know, sweet dreams. They were not made of those. So
1: do you wanna ask me? And you can hear all the rustling. That's the sound that's kind of frustrating, Adam Sandler. You can see the kid rolling on the newspaper in the bed with we all through it. So what would you do? We'll have clinical notes that will say Adam Sandler's coming and saying, I've got this kid with me, he's not sleeping. You you don't need to
0: throw a video of me and what I'm about to say.
1: Wow. (laughs) So can we get it to zoom in? We'll get people filming eventually. (laughs) There's
0: there's no one behind this camera. (laughs) He's getting a bit more light. You're asking me what would I do if a kid comes in and says I can't sleep.
1: Yeah. Well, what, why do you think he's struggling to sleep and then what would you do? Well, he's wet the bed. Mm. Yep. Any other reasons if he hadn't wet the bed?
0: Any other reasons he would have gotten up or not slept? Both. Like what, Oh, because yeah. he's not used to – well, the thing – All the, the stuff, thing, yeah. I got this. Okay. The thing lacking from this child settling uh, was routine. Mm. So he was in unfamiliar territory. He's woken up in a place that he's never woken up in before. He's only gone to sleep in it once. So he's woken up and gone, like, where the hell am I? Or may have went the bed. But let's assume he's just woken up, doesn't know where he is. So he's unfamiliar territory, Um, doesn't know the place, and obviously doesn't know Adam Sandler, so mm. he's struggling to sleep.
1: Um, From here... Yeah, what should he do? He's going to be here forever. Or well, imagine he, this is where he's at. He's lived there for 10 years, Adam Sandler. Or he's lived there for five years, and Adam Sandler's going, this kid will not sleep. For five years. What would you do?
0: I would go to where the child is and figure yeah. out how he's tracking. Is he tired? God, I hope he's, <laughs> God, I hope he's tired. Yep. Um. And if he's showing good tired signs, I'd reintroduce him to the bedroom, uh, for a period of time, no more than twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving you the clinical response. It's great. I'd, I'd put him in the car it's and great go. Going to trap
1: in on clinic a few times. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> take the day off. There's
0: what I'd really do. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can give us that too. I'll give you, you A and B. You're nailing it. Um. And then I would put them back in. Um, honestly I'd probably I'd do some padding and just comfort them a little bit. Mm. Kids five for five year olds, so I'm just figuring it out. Um, and then settle them in, make sure the room's cool enough, but then the blankets are warm enough. And I just reckon a bit of good weight on the blanket is a really good tip. Yeah. So a heavy weighted blanket's a really nice one. Um and then make sure that – I'd probably turn off the fluorescent light that was in his room that said live nudes, which is what Adam Sandler gave him <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> um, that's probably too distracting. So make sure it's um dark environment. I'm big on blackout blinds. Um, and then just try and um, pat them off, settle them down, but put them down awake and try and leave the room.
1: Beautiful because, yeah, that's the goal. And what you want to do is you don't expect this kid, where is that at now, to self-soothe. no. Nah. So you soothe him as much as he needs to be, yeah, and then you step it back, yeah. But beautiful routines, the environment you talked about, you know, going to where he's at, being led by him, yeah. Not too much light, certainly not a pink fluorescent one.
0: Mate, I'm like an 80 synthesised player. I've got double decks like this, balancing two kids to get to sleep in my house, right? right. Like, yep. you hear that so That's me just like tweaking yep. the buttons, pulling the levers. Yeah, I'm good. This I'm good at this. And what's your plan B? Oh, I put that kid in the car. And we go for a roll through Mackers. <laughs> Shit, you not. We go rolling. We go to the Eastern Freeway. We don't go all the way to the tolls. We turn off at the tolls and come back around. We don't pay extra to go in the tunnel. Yeah, we whip back around and we keep going. You do that forever. I do what's required to get the child to sleep so yeah. they can be better the next day. So my biggest thing is <laughs> right or wrong, I need the kid to sleep. Mm-hmm. Firstly, I needed the kid to eat, so if the kid's hungry, the kid's eating. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. I'm paranoid about my kid's eating. If they don't eat, I don't even bother trying to put them to sleep. That's just me. Yeah. First key to settling. That's just my experience, but I'd take that kid for a spin. And it wouldn't be what I'd do, but then what I'd do from there is if that worked, the next night I'd try to introduce some more
1: routine than what Adam did as opposed to putting him in the room saying, good luck. Yeah.
0: Start building a routine.
1: Beautiful and that's it. You look at the situation and you go what are the bits that this kid is needing support with that he's not independent and self-soothing and falling asleep or coming to me through the night and you don't pick all of them, I'm going to stop doing all those things, you gently back off.
0: Yeah, I've got to be really careful here. I haven't had the kids into the room yet. Yeah, really? Once. Scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> Sitting there and Charles in your room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, g'day, doll. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, it's really. petrofo- Yeah, it's pretty yeah. scary. Oh, I'm not full of courage over here. So you know, I find the whole. Well, yeah, scary. we'll
1: talk about that because I'm hopefully someone's going to ask us like, "What do you do when your kid keeps coming through the night?" And we will we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, all kids wake up through the night. So your girls are waking up all through the night. We all wake up through the night. They're just self soothing back to sleep.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I hand them some soothing words as well. Yeah. Sleepy time. Oh, because you go just in. so they know. No, just so they know I'm there. I think that I ignore them a lot. Um, not if they're hysterical because one will wake the other in the same, you know, quite a small confines In the bunks. No, in the bunks. Yeah, Well, one's in the, the bunk, bunk, one's yeah, in the but cup, yeah. but there's a spare bunk. There's a lot going on in the room. I will <clears throat> try and avoid going in there, but sometimes you just throw this Hail Mary where you're like, sleepy time, sweetie, and then that's sometimes that's all they need to hear
1: if you get them at the right moment. Yeah. But again... Yeah, but that's, that's your helping them soothe by yeah, doing that. Yeah,
0: comfort, because I think there's a bit of that... Mm. I just get, daddy, daddy, yep. daddy.
1: That's what I get. You get the first call out?
0: Typically, oh, I won't say typically. I, yep. there's I, often I'm, some people
1: would argue there's a hierarchy in um, who's the parent that gets called out first <laughs> and then when that parent doesn't answer for like 10 calls or whatever, then they're like, oh, if they're not responding.
0: Plan B. That. Yeah. It's a bit of that. It's funny. <laughs> Mum does the final settle every night. I can't. I can't yeah. do that when mum's there. Yeah. She's the game winner. She's she, no, she's the closer. <laughs> Mate, I'm the opening batsman. I take a few knocks. She comes in at four, right? Yep. And she just Yeah. Play I've taken the edge off Rest the on ball. That's the shoulders you saying. Yeah, oh, I'm just saying there's a bit of work's <laughs> been done. Didn't all just happen. Daddy runs a bath, he gets him in. <laughs> Come around, Come witness. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look at it happens. Yeah, yeah. Come. We all have this. a role play. Some of us are role players, Billy. Some of us get the glory at the end.
1: Yeah. Okay. Some but of us get to
0: drive around at four a.m. in the morning. Because <laughs> yeah. I get everything from four. Anyway, I'm crapping on here. But I. No, this I, is great. Well, I'm the. I'm from four four thirty every day. Is from when like I don't get up every day at that time, but that's when I clock on. That's your window. Yeah, yeah. and Mum takes everything between. 10 and 4 because mum can get back to sleep like
1: that. Yeah, same. I'm, oh, okay.
0: So I'm like, I can't take the ones through the night, but from 4, I'm on. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. Well, no, I reckon for Julian or little Frankenstein, you had a perfect answer. And yeah, especially the like, go to where he's at. Like, that's what we do with all this stuff. Sleep's no different. Go to where he's at, build the skills in a positive way, reinforce the good stuff. Like, it's all the same. We had some amazing questions on the last reflection. We're even doing this new thing where we send it back to people that have asked us questions and say, what did you think? And that's kind of closing the loop for us, making sure that we're actually answering the questions that people want answered in a way that's helpful to them. So I really hope people send in a lot of questions in the next week to us about this and challenge things, give us the scenarios, ask what to do. You know, what we're trying to do is use the theory in a way that is meaningful and practical for families so they can go home and do this stuff.
0: Yeah, Expectation is we'll get a lot of questions. we usually get we usually categorize about five for the week mm. for people. We try and distill it to five, the five most asked questions. But I think this week we'll expand it a bit, Billy. I think we'll take mm. a few extra questions and maybe do a slightly longer reflective because the great thing about this is you can ask Billy and he'll address your question directly. Um and we love sending it back to you like Billy said. And yeah, and you'll keep me honest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is this is I've probably got the most to offer here of any topic mm. we've done so far. Yeah. Learned experience, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's look what at matters. I hope they don't punch in too close at these eyes right now. They're <laughs> haggard! Oh, look at this man!
1: Well, I think we're a good. few episodes off being able to punch in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying, I'm looking like there's other people in the room. <laughs> oh god yep. um okay no that's good i love it i like uh the the, the run through makes sense i'm excited so um and thank you for the summary i think that that's well captured but we really want people's questions to come in this week yeah um, yep.
1: this is a good example of we've done the health literacy bit giving some people some psychoeducation around sleep we yep. can do some more stuff that's relevant to questions but questions questions will drive the next one um so
0: get those to us via our instagram probably the easiest way for us to manage that so pop culture parenting on instagram or you can get to us via email as well which is popcultureparenting at gmail.com um appreciate all the support like subscribe five stars all that stuff please leave comments we love them we just love the constant feedback keeps us going um billy thank you so much appreciate your time again yeah thanks nick thanks everyone I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. I don't want to see anybody else either.
1: Who is your daddy? And what does he do? Just use your best judgment.